Welcome on in. It is time to recap and react. Week 7 of the Big 12 football season. I'm Pete Mundo. It is great to be with you as uh, it was another great weekend of Big 12 football. You had a couple of uh, near misses. West Virginia upsetting Baylor, of course, at home on Thursday night, which feels like a lifetime ago. Then you've got uh, the Oklahoma Sooners getting back on track. Their first Big 12 win of the season, beating Kansas. Texas hung on against Iowa State. And then it was TCU beating Oklahoma State in double overtime. So great to have you all on board on Facebook Live, on YouTube. We are also adding Instagram Live right now. And of course, the podcast, where you can leave a rating and review, subscribe to the podcast, send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And I've got a huge stack of Heartland College Sports koozies exclusively for those on the podcast side of things. But subscribe wherever you're at, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, subscribe, share the video. So appreciate you guys doing that. What a weekend it was. And uh, let's dive into Thursday night. We'll start there with West Virginia getting a 43-40 win over Baylor. You know, West Virginia, Neil Brown in particular, desperately needed that game. Neil Brown needed that game because the Mountaineers, had they fallen to 0-3 in Big 12 play, 2-4 overall, they were staring a season without a bowl game right in the face. And I don't know how much Neil Brown needs to get to a bowl game, but I know this much. From the standpoint of the fan base, which did not show up in Morgantown on Thursday night, Neil Brown kind of softly called him out after the game. Uh, you start to lose the fan base. You don't get to a bowl game. You know, Neil Brown is under 500 coaching at West Virginia. All that happens a few years into the job, and things are looking bad fast especially as the coaching carousel moves very quickly. So Neil Brown got this win. He needed this win more than anybody else in the Big 12 this weekend. And I'm looking at the game uh, for the Mountaineers and saying, you know what? It wasn't always pretty. It was really, frankly, a <laughs> kind of an ugly game on both ends. Uh, but, hey, West Virginia won the turnover battle 4-1. to uh, Yes, they ended up beating a backup quarterback. Who cares? Don't have to apologize for that. Uh, they got on the ground with almost six yards per carry, something in a place that they've struggled with at times in recent seasons. 217 yards on the ground against a pretty good Baylor defense. All those things you like. All those things you like. And they took care of the ball. That's ultimately why West Virginia won this game, a game that, you know, felt like on either way at some point. But they get the Mountaineers needed this thing, and Baylor is now 1-2 and two in the Big 12. They're 3-3 three and three overall. This is not the season I thought the Baylor Bears were going to have this year. Now, I know like the entire Big 12, it is topsy-turvy. It is up and down. You can't predict this league. We know that. But, man, I had Baylor making the Big 12 title game again this year. I thought they would be better on both sides of the line than they actually have been this season. That's been a disappointment when you look at the Baylor Bears. And, uh, you know, they're going to win plenty of Big 12 games. I'm, I'm not denying that. They'll get to a bowl game. They're a solid team. But they don't look like a team that's going to be competing for a Big 12 title this year. Uh, that's just not what this team looks like. And, you know, I know that when you're using your backup quarterback in a tough road matchup in the Big 12, that's never easy. It's never easy. But, man, uh, 
this Baylor team is disappointed. I don't know what this means, though, for Dave Aranda. Is this good for Dave Aranda staying at Baylor? Does some of the shine maybe wear off Dave Aranda for places like Nebraska or Wisconsin? I don't know. I still think Dave Aranda's a great coach. I just think it's a transition year. And, you know, a couple of bounces either way, and the season looks a lot different for the Baylor Bears. But it was a heck of a game on a Thursday night. The Mountaineers were coming off a terrible loss at Texas where they didn't show up. You blink your eyes on that game, it's 21 or 28 nothing, right? So uh, this is a game the Mountaineers needed. They got it. They took care of business, uh, despite the fact that the secondary didn't always look great. But as I noted, won the turnover battle in a big way. And that's what ultimately sealed them this victory on Thursday night. And if you are, since that was the primetime college game that night, if you are Fox or you are ESPN and you're bidding on the Big 12, I kept thinking about the classic meme, are you not entertained from Gladiator? Hands up, are you not entertained? I mean, that was as entertaining a game as you could ask for. It wasn't always pretty, but it was entertaining. And the Big 12 provides an entertaining product week in, week out. I believe in a way no other conference does in college football top to bottom. I'm not taking anything away. I know Alabama, Tennessee, you're going to scream about that. I mean top to bottom. No conference puts on an entertaining product like the Big 12 conference does. So Mountaineers uh, get the win on Thursday. Let's go to the Saturday games. Three games uh, on Saturday. We'll start with Oklahoma, Kansas. You know, it's amazing what having your starting quarterback does for a team. Dylan Gabriel comes back. He throws for over 400 yards. Eric Gray rushes for 176 and a couple of scores. The Sooners beat the Kansas Jayhawks 52-42 to on Saturday in Norman. And Brent Venables needed that game. They got the win after the 49-0 shutout against Texas the week prior. It was a game that everybody top to bottom on that staff needed. Now, you still have concerns. I'm not sitting here saying Oklahoma's, uh, you know, back to being in Big 12 contention. But here's the thing we know. You know, this team doesn't have a ton of depth. They lost guys to the transfer portal, bringing new guys in, new staff, everything else. Like, we all understand all of that when it comes to the Oklahoma Sooners. But, man... You rack up 700 yards of offense against the Kansas defense that has struggled quite a bit here so far this season. 403 passing, 298 on the ground. Now, they lost the turnover battle. That's absolutely concerning. Um, But, man, this Oklahoma team, with that offense, when Dylan Gabriel's in there, looks a heck of a lot different than when Davis Bevel's in there. That's for darn sure. So, OU needed that game much more than Kansas. Now you look at Kansas and you say, okay, um, I never thought Kansas was going to be the team that was going to play for a Big 12 title. The 5-0 and start was awesome. It was fun. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And the offense is still pretty good under Jason Bean. Like, you still got to like what you see. I don't think he's Jalen Daniels, but you like what you see. But they had a tough time getting to the quarterback, and that was a big concern uh, for Kansas yesterday. And frankly, they had done a pretty good job coming in, getting to the quarterback. They were tied in the Big 12 sacks. They only had one on Saturday. So it was not the kind of defensive performance, especially up front, that we have come to expect from the Kansas Jayhawks. So this is a team that suddenly has come back down to earth a little bit, 
But, man, they're not getting blown out. I mean, it's not like Kansas starts off 5-0 and and then they lose these last two games by 17 points or 21 points. I mean, you know, you're talking about a 7-point loss and a 10-point loss. But, amazingly, Kansas, you know, has lost a couple in a row. Now they've got to go to Waco this weekend. Then you've got Oklahoma State. Then you're at Texas Tech. Then Texas and K-State. I mean, these are all coin flip games in many respects. And that's what makes the Big 12 absolutely outstanding. That's what makes this league so fun. I mean, Kansas starts off 5-0. and They're now 5-2 and overall. They've got five games left. And you can make a case that they finish 5-7. and You could make a case that they don't win a game the rest of the year. What other conference could you say that about after a team starts off 5-0? and Nobody. There's not a, a league out there where you're going to find this type of parity. It doesn't exist. So uh, this, this is just another example of how crazy this season has been for the Big 12. OU starts off 0-3. They you know, beat Kansas yesterday. They look like a team that still has issues on defense. But, man, I mean, they're going to be able to score with anybody if they play that kind of offense that you saw on Saturday for the Oklahoma Sooners. So there's a lot to like there uh, with that team from that game. And I, I hope that it calms the nerves of OU fans a little bit. And how about this? Let me share this little tidbit with you. Oklahoma beats Kansas. KU ranked 19th when they won the game on Saturday. USC, Lincoln Riley, loses to Utah late, 43-42. Brent Venables got his first top 25 win at Oklahoma before Lincoln Riley got his first top 25 win at USC. I'm just pointing that out. Brent Venables now has one top 25 win this season. Lincoln Riley has zero. Yes, the Trojans were undefeated coming into the game, ranked in the top 10. Their schedule stunk. They finally played a good team. They were up double digits, and Lincoln Riley and the Alex Grinch defense, as OU fans know all too well, found a way to blow it. And that's what happened on Saturday. So, you know, for all those jumping off the Venables bandwagon, I just want to point that out. And I don't believe the Venables criticism is unfair. I think those already looking to jump ship and hire Matt Rule, that's a little crazy. But uh, the defensive criticism, very fair. Overall, big picture, I think things are going to be okay especially by OU standards. It's going to be just fine. Got to give it a little time. Uh, we probably underrated what a rebuild this was going to be by Oklahoma standards to some degree. Next up, Iowa State, Texas. The Longhorns win 24-21. to Okay, where do we want to start? Targeting at the end, I believe that was targeting against Texas on Hunter Deckers. I believe that was a target Leading with the crown of the helmet. I know he hit the shoulder, but still, that's a targeting to me. But I'm not one of those people who says, blame the refs for every loss. Blame the refs for a loss. Iowa State is one of the youngest teams in the country. They have now lost the last three games by seven points combined. They have lost their four games by a combined 14 points. All right, that's, that's a story when you're a young team and you're rebuilding. Matt Campbell is going to be fine. These guys have to learn how to win these close games. They didn't do it the last three weeks. That's tough, but it is a building year 
for Matt Campbell. I think about it. If Xavier Hutchinson catches that, that wide-open pass at the 10-yard line, he walks in for a score, Iowa State wins. Last week, if Xavier Hutchinson catches the ball along the sidelines against K-State, which he catches 95 out of 100 times, and they kick a field goal, and uh, they ultimately you know, win the game, that game ends up differently. If Jace Gilbert hits a couple of field goals against Kansas when he missed three, they win that game. So this team is a couple of plays away, a couple of plays away from being 3-1 and one in the Big 12, 6-1 and one overall, with one of the youngest teams in all of college football. So let's look at it from that perspective if you're an Iowa State fan. I, I know you can't do football, what if this, what if that, here's how things would have been different. Uh, Iowa State was on the road, tough environment, early start against Texas as a 16.5-point underdog, and uh, you can make a strong case they should have won the game. They didn't. But, man, if I'm looking big picture, if I'm looking this program long-term, this is another example of a, of a game, and the whole season in general is going to be something I believe we look back on and say that was a defining moment for these guys, for this group, and it will pay dividends down the road. Now, for Texas, you know, Texas, if you want to win a Big 12 title, if you want to win a conference title, you've got to win ugly. You have to win ugly. And Texas, to its credit, found a way to win ugly. Quinn Ewers was not money yesterday. Struggled at times. Bijan Robinson picked up 130-some-odd rushing yards against the best rushing defense in the Big 12 Conference. So you're looking at that and you're saying, okay, I mean, that, that's, that's winning ugly. That's getting the job done. Yes, you may have gotten a couple of breaks. You don't apologize for those. you got to get them along the season to win a conference title in any league. So I give Texas credit for winning ugly because I wasn't sure if they could do that. Any team that's going to win a conference title has to do that. And that's exactly what they did on Saturday against Iowa State. Um, and I will say this, though, that, that student section wasn't full for Texas on Saturday. And that's, that's disappointing. I know everyone's screaming about some music festival they had. I mean, you get six home football games a year. You get four or five in the conference. You're going to the SEC in a couple of years. What are you going to do? Let LSU take over Memorial Stadium? Because you got a you, you got a uh, uh, music festival in town. I mean, you, you got to show up. You got to be there to support your guys. You got the best quarterback I believe you've had uh, in over a decade. You just are coming off a historic victory. You got to welcome these guys back to their home stadium. And there were pictures of the student section not totally full, so that was disappointing from a Texas perspective. But hey, Steve Sarkeesian did not have a letdown game, even though I thought it might be might have a trap game, which is why I picked Iowa State uh, to cover the 16.5 points. That was my lock of the week. And the picks, I will note, went 3-1 and one against the spread yesterday, so we're getting back on track there. Or 3-1 and one this week. We won the West Virginia game. Uh, we won the Iowa State game, and we won Oklahoma State plus three and a half. The only game we lost was I had KU plus nine. They lost by 10 to Oklahoma on Saturday. So three and one overall. Let's get to the final uh, Big 12 game of the week. Oklahoma State blowing a 30 to 16 lead, losing the TCU in overtime, 43 to 40. Oh, man. Um, listen, TCU, I'm happy for you guys. 
This team's undefeated. They're 6-0 for the first time since 2017 when they got to the Big 12 title game. I'm genuinely happy for the TCU Horned Frogs. And Sonny Dykes, uh, what a turnaround we've seen from just, you know, the last three, four seasons of mediocrity to now uh, being where they're at and being ranked where they are, undefeated, going into this K-State game is just a great story. But Oklahoma State lost this game. Mike Gundy blew this game. Casey Dunn blew this game. They got too conservative. Our guy Dave Beal wrote about this at heartlandcollegesports.com. They got too conservative, and they thought that they could just run the clock out. You, this is not Gary Patterson's TCU Horn Frogs. With all due respect to Gary Patterson, you could never see a situation where Gary Patterson the last couple of years would have his team come back down from 24-7 to and win a game. Sonny Dykes, this offense is different. Max Duggan is different. This team is different. The confidence, the swagger on offense is different. And when you're Mike Gundy and you know you've got a defense, notably a secondary, that still is progressing and still is trying to figure things out, why you would take your foot off the gas pedal in that game, I don't understand for the life of me. I just can't figure that one out. That was, And I'm a big Mike Gundy guy. I really think that Mike Gundy, I said it yesterday to somebody uh, privately, I said Mike Gundy is the most underrated and underappreciated college football coach in America. I firmly believe that. I stand by that. The guy's always got his team in the top 10 or top 15 every year, it seems like, and no one talks about him. The most underrated and underappreciated coach in the Big 12 Conference, hands down. But you know what? Everyone has a bad day at the office. And Mike Gundy and Casey Dunn had a bad day at the office. They thought they could slow play this thing, run out the clock. And that was foolish to think because you were going up against Sonny Dykes. You were going up against a veteran quarterback at home, against an offense that has played great football this season. And you have a suspect secondary at best. We all knew that all season long. And it came back to bite them. A lot of arguments. Our guy Dave Beal made the case that Oklahoma State should have gone for two uh, towards the end of that game. I mean, maybe you're on the road. You go for the win. You saw Kyle Whittingham do that uh, effectively against USC on Saturday night. I, I, I could see that going either way. But this game was lost long before then. This game was lost when you're slow playing uh, the final, what felt like the entire second half, just hoping you can get the clock to zero. And you can't do that in college football. It, it, you cannot do that in college football. It doesn't work. I mean, it's just, oh, gosh. It's just tough. I mean, here's after Oklahoma State goes up 24 to 7, here are the drives three plays, two yards, three plays minus seven yards, one play minus one yard. They come out in the second half field goal, field goal, punt, interception, punt, punt, end of game. I, I mean, that's just brutal. That's just even even once they're up 30 to 16. All right, so they're up 30 to 16. What do they do? Three plays, four yards. Six plays, 26 yards interception. Three plays, minus one yards. Three plays, four yards. You, you, you can't play the Big 12 like that on the road. I, I don't care if you're up 14 points. You can't do it. I, it's just no. And, and on the text line uh, or on uh, Facebook Live here, Pete, TCU dominated. I'm, I'm not taking anything away. You know, TCU did what it had to do. But let's be honest here. Let's be completely honest. Oklahoma State got conservative. 
Yes, TCU deserves credit for what they did and how they played and shutting them down. But Oklahoma State got conservative. There's no denying that. They went run, run, run after they're up 30-16. to 16. Run, 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 three and out. Then it was the interception. Then it was incomplete pass, uh, sack, punts. I, you know, like it, it just, they did not do what they needed to do. It's not taken away from TCU, but ultimately I think Oklahoma State lost that game. Now TCU is probably going to be number one in my power rankings this week. I think the Horton Frogs are playing great football, but you know, it, it, it takes two to tango and the Cowboys definitely, definitely blew that. Uh, what do we have? Let's get to some of your comments here on Facebook live, rolling through some of these. What a week in the big 12. Absolutely. Pete, it's a good day to be a Horn Frog fan. Uh, they proved to be the best in the Big 12. Uh, Max Duggan for Heisman. Uh, who knows? Every week it seems like a different Big 12 player is getting Heisman odds. Jalen Daniels, Adrian Martinez, Quinn Ewers. Why not Duggan? Why not Duggan? Uh, Pete, same question you asked for Texas can be asked for Kansas. If Jalen Daniels didn't get injured, would Kansas be undefeated? No. I, boy, I mean... It's not as obvious to me as it is with Texas. You know, I think TCU played a great second half last week, and Jason Bean wasn't the reason they lost against TCU. And then even yesterday, I mean, Jason Bean put up 42 points. The defense lost in the game. So I don't think Kansas is undefeated, even if Jalen Daniels doesn't get uh, doesn't get injured against TCU. A uh, lot of people going back and forth on Oklahoma State-TCU. I, I, listen, Oklahoma State gave it away. It doesn't think it doesn't mean I don't think that TCU is capable of being or even is right now the best team in the Big 12. That case can be made. I'm not going to argue with you. But Oklahoma State gave it away. And Gundy and Casey Dunn deserve the blame. That's just the reality. Uh, on Instagram Live, we're there as well. Pete, don't put K-State first in the power rankings. It's a curse. Uh, you guys, you guys are too much. It's not a curse. I know the number one team seems to lose almost every week in my power rankings, but I don't know if it's because of me or because the Big 12 is so topsy-turvy. Pretty sure it's the latter. But just my gut, I believe I'll have TCU come to power rankings on the website at heartlandcollegesports.com on Monday. Great to have you guys on board. Awesome to uh, be here and be a part of the show. Thank you for sharing it. Facebook, share, YouTube, like it share it, subscribe. We so appreciate you doing that. Instagram, trying to get this sucker going as well. Appreciate you all on the podcast. Our bread and butter. Leave that rating, review, subscribe. Send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com and we'll get you hooked up with that free Heartland College Sports koozie. Thank you guys. Hey, enjoy the rest of your day. I'll be at Chiefs Bills today, hence the shirt that I'm rocking. You can see that on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. So I'll be at the Chiefs Bills game today here in Kansas City. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you during the week at heartlandcollegesports.com. Take care.